question about what Easter meant for us and what he would say to you. And uh, so, uh, kind of got this word today. And so I want to go to Matthew 28, and we're going to read the story of Easter, the resurrection. And then we're going to kind of try to dive in and try to take some stuff from it that maybe maybe you haven't thought about, or maybe you have, and we'll just reinforce it. So Matthew 28, starting with verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so here's the story of the resurrection day where the the women were coming. But I want to I try to put ourselves in the tomb. Can you put yourselves in the tomb? Just imagine yourself in a dark tomb with a big stone rolled across the front of it. Now, I know there's several fears that we have as humans. One is public speaking. That's the number one fear. I don't know where that comes from, but, you know, public speaking is the number one fear. Number two is the fear of death. One of those fears that go along with the fear of death is being buried alive, right? And back in Edgar and Ira Poles' day and those kind of places where they couldn't tell if they were dead because they didn't really necessarily understand pulses and breath, and they did the best they could, but there was known that some people had been buried alive. Now, I don't think I'd like it. So what they would do back in those days, if you don't know, is they would run a string to a bell up above your gravestone and run it down into the coffin, and if you woke up and you were buried alive you would start ringing the bell and then they would know to come dig you up and so it just made feel everybody felt better about dying because <laughs> you just didn't know when it would happen so let's take this story of jesus and his resurrection what had happened what would happen if the power of the holy spirit moved on jesus and he was brought back to life he would still be in the grave because the stone was rolled on it, right? It would still be there. He would be buried alive. And there's no bell in the Jewish history of them having a little bell that they could ring to say out, right? But there was an earthquake, and God sent an angel to roll the stone away so that Jesus could come out of that grave. God made a plan for Jesus not only to be resurrected, but to be brought out of the grave. Now, how does that happen to me and you? Here's what I think happens to us sometimes. Well, maybe I'll just talk about me and y'all could just join me, okay? Have you ever had God start moving in your life and halfway through, you didn't think he was going to bring you out of the grave? That he was going to leave you in a place that you were most feared would happen and he was going to go get sidetracked by somebody else or something else project that he wanted to do and he wouldn't finish on your job and you'd be buried alive. God calls you to go do something. He calls you to, to, 
to move or, or have something going on in your life or the, for the Spirit to fall on you and you get about halfway through and we start to grab the reins because we're like, I'm not sure God has got this thing in control. And I better do something to change it. And so what we do is we put a little bell to escape what God's doing. And we ring the little bell and we hope somebody will come along and escape us and bring us out of the place that God's actually got us in. See, that's what we do in our lives. Lots of times is we let the Holy Spirit start to move and as soon as he starts to move, the fear starts to overwhelm us because it's in a place we've never been and we start to say, ah, I just don't know if I can trust God to finish this work. See, Jesus on the cross said it is finished. That was his job. He finished his job. He went through the beating. He went through the crucifixion. He went through the forgiving all of our sins. He went through all that. And then he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. His job was done. Now, he's totally relying on the Holy Spirit to do his job. Let's go to Romans. I'll show you what we're talking about. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, bodies through his Holy Spirit who dwells in you. In other words, it wasn't Jesus that took his life back up. It was the Holy Spirit that moved in him to bring him out. See, if Jesus had done his part and God had not done his part, where would we be? We wouldn't have finished the thing. We wouldn't have resurrection. We, we would not know that there is a resurrection. Okay, we can have our sins forgiven here on earth, but when we die, we die. But because God did his part through the Holy Spirit moving on Jesus and bringing him back to life, he came back to life. But hey, that's not all. Because lots of times in my life, I feel like God's just quickened to me really good. I mean, he's really made me soft and tender in this area. Well, let's just take it. So, so when I have my kids, you know how kids are. You have kids, they're the most precious thing you got, right? Everybody agree with me, you know, right? And you just love them to death. And it's a move of the Holy Spirit to have a child. And then they become teenagers. And then you start going through the whole thing of hormones and just the, the, all the different things that you go through, and you're like, God, you blessed me with them, but you put me in the grave, and the stone is rolled on the front, and I don't know what to do with this. I've been blessed with teenage kids, but they're going to kill me, right? And so what I do is i got to understand, if he gave me these to raise, and there's a third one back there somewhere, right? If he gave me to these to raise... He's not going to leave the stone over the, the mouth of the cave. He's going to make a way for me to raise them exactly like they need to be raised so that they can be everything God's called them to be. I do not have to trust on myself. I do not have to pull the reins in myself to take care of it. I need to continue to release to him because he's going to roll the stone away in their lives and in my lives to see them grow and mature in what God's called them to do. The children of Israel were called by God out of Egypt. He pulled them out of Egypt to take them to a promised land. But halfway there, 
When they thought that it can't get any worse, they grabbed the reins. And they said, I do not believe God's taken us to the right place. We need to do something about it. And what happened to the children of Israel when they took their eyes off of God, took their eyes on his, off his promise and what he was working them through? They wandered for 40 years in the place that they would call death because they decided they needed to control their own destiny. In other words, they got resurrected from the dead and then they refused to walk out of the cave. God's like, I'm ready to roll the stone away. And they're like, no, no, we're very comfortable in this cave. It's very nice to have the cave sealed up. And so that whole generation died because they could not trust God that if he would bring them the resurrection, the power of bringing them out of sin and death of Egypt and into a promised land, that he would actually complete it. But we need to have something else. Philippians 1.6. This is Paul writing. No, not Isaiah, Philippians. Philippians, Ken, okay? Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will probably leave you in the grave and you will be destitute and everything that you want will just totally be destroyed and dissolved. Is that what it says? What he began in you, what? Be confident in what he began in you that he will what? complete. In other words, God God is not like man. My worst characteristics is I'll start a project and I will never finish it. Anybody ever do that? You'll start something and you get sidetracked by something, some other shiny new object comes or something else happens and then you forget what you started and you don't finish it. Sometimes I attribute God my character and I think God started something, and he got sidetracked by Jim because Jim had some prayer request. He's off doing his thing. And then you know what? Chris started doing some stuff, and so he's over there with Chris. And I'm just over here, stuck in the grave, resurrected, but nobody's bringing the stone away. And so I've got to get out my jackhammer. I've got to get out my drill. I've got to get as many people on the outside, hollering and screaming so they can hear me. So they come along and they roll away and open the doors to my life and I bust my way out of God's plan. Because I don't have confidence. Well, what the scripture says. He that began a good work in me will complete it. But see, Paul didn't just say that. He said, first he said, be confident. In other words, You've got to be confident when God starts working in your life that he's not going to leave you in a place like a grave. He's not going to leave you in a place that you're destroyed. He's not going to leave you in a place where you're destroyed. See, blessed is he that's brokenhearted. But God doesn't leave us brokenhearted because he said he came to men the brokenhearted. So he has to break our heart sometimes. He has to break our old crusty 
yucky slavery heart that we had back in Egypt in our sin days when we were at the neon signs and the bar stools like the song we sang. Sometimes he has to break our hearts and break those things out of us. And then we are like, he totally destroyed us. I thought God was going to bring my life to a good place. And now it's just, huh. well, you know what? If that's the way God's going to treat me, I'm going to go back and do my own thing. Because at least I knew my own thing. And God's like, whoa, whoa, I broke your heart so that I can put it back together correctly so that you might be able to serve me the way it needs to be served. Give him time. It took three days in the grave for Jesus to be resurrected. God could have resurrected him immediately. Cross, died, spear, brought him off, boom, Jesus is alive, walking around. It would have been a great sign. The Romans would be like, ah, he was dead. Now he's walking around. Oh, fear of the Lord. No, he put him in a grave for three days and then secretly, where nobody else knew what was going on except for a few guards, brought him out. Same thing with us. God starts to work in our lives. Sometimes it's a big exhibit. We get saved, things happen in our lives. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Woo-hoo. And then he starts to break us apart. He puts us in the wilderness. He puts us in the grave and he starts to work on us. And inside we think, I'm dying. He's killing me. There's no way I'm going to come out of this better than I was when I started. But if we just give it time, in the secret place, there will be an earthquake. There will be a Holy Spirit move. There will be an angelic movement on your life. Somehow, some way, God will walk into your life and he will bring to about his plan and his purposes. And you will walk out of your grave and you'll be like, whew, praise the Lord. If you just hang on. If you just hang on. Can you trust God? That's the Easter question. Can you trust God? Is he doing something in your life? And you're like, I don't know if I can trust God to finish this. I don't know if God's going to leave me worse than he started me. I don't know. Paul says, be confident. Be confident. In other words, You can rest assured, you can trust the God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will do what you need him to do. He will finish it. It might be hard. You might be stuck in a dark, selling kind of grave kind of thing, feeling like you're buried alive. I don't know how it happened. I don't know if Jesus laying in the tomb, the Holy Spirit came on him, the earthquake came, he starts to go, oh, that was a weird, interesting time. And then all of a sudden, light comes from the stone? Or did he come alive and sit in there like, okay, what do I do now? Well, let's see. I've got these cloths. Let's fold those. Because it says he folded them and put them on the head of his... So he's sitting in there. He's like, well, the stone ain't rolled away yet. Well, let's just fold my cloth. My mom always told me to make my bed. And so he folds his cloth. And then did the earthquake came and the stone rolled away? Or did it... Stone roll away, and when the light came, the Holy Spirit fall in. He got, you know, I don't know. We don't have that part of the story. But for you and I, I believe it comes in all three of those ways. Sometimes in that grave, we come alive, and we're like, "Uh, it's dark. This is bad. Sometimes God opens the door, and then we come to the Spirit, and we're like, ah, this is great. This is awesome. And then sometimes it's a mix of both. As you're just starting to wake up to what God's doing, 
He opens the door for you. For you, for me, I think it's a personal part of the story. But I think for the Easter resurrection it is, sometimes God puts you in a deep, dark place, a deep, dark pit. And you have to sit there for a little while while it's waiting for the stone to roll away. Don't be scared. He is with you. He that began a good work in you will finish that work. You will not perish in the process of him doing what he's called to do for you. You will not fall apart. You will not. The only way you can miss it is if you decide you're going to take control of it and take it in your own direction, like the children of Israel. As long as you say, I'm confident, you've got this in control. So personal story for us, me, maybe even Colby, my family, Colby's family, as we partnered in to build a house, a flip house, right, Colby? So we've been having it on the market since November. You know what? The houses were selling like that until November. We've had our house on the market since November. Wow. This always happens to me. I bet Kobe's wishing he hadn't partnered with me now. We've had it five months. Seems like prices are going down. Things aren't happening. But you know what? I'm confident that he will do it. Does it mean I don't pray? I don't whatever? Now, we just got three offers on our house last night. And I think it's appropriate. We got three offers on our house in the resurrection weekend. Because it was God saying for the sermon I was preparing that, hey, you know what? You might have been in a pit. You might have been in a hole. You might have been whatever. But I, on Easter Day, can raise it up. Now, it's not going to say it's actually sold. We haven't taken any offers. But I want you to understand, God gave me a glimpse of light through the crack of a round stone starting to move. So what's he doing in your lives? What's going on in your lives? If some of you got, I know some of you, have got jobs that you can't stand. Right? Hey, hallelujah. Right? But God puts you in that place. And God will bring you out of that place. Right? Some of you have some relationships that you're struggling with and how, how relationships, family relationships, husband-wife relationships, kids' relationships. How is it, it? It seems like God's tearing it apart instead of putting it back together. Hey, God's got it. Be confident that what he started, he will finish. Some of you are having some health problems. It seems like God's just like pushing down on you. Just You just can't seem to get your health back. Guess what? God is faithful. Be confident that he will finish what he started. Some of you are having financial trouble. You're just like, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, just finances, it just, it just seems like it comes in this way and ten times goes out, right? And you're just like, I don't know what's going on in my life. Listen, what God started, he will finish. Now, if you started it, I can't guarantee you nothing, Right? If you started all this problem, I can't guarantee. But if you take it to him, he will start it and he will finish it. And so that's our thing on Easter Sunday. He doesn't leave it in the grave. He does not leave it in a pit. Even though you might go through the pit and even though you might go through the grave, there will be a day and a time 
that if you just stay confident and trusting him, that you will find your way on the outside because God has done it and not me myself. I just have to trust him. And hallelujah, he is risen. And since he is risen, Romans 8 tells me, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me, and he will bring me to every fullness at that day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. If you've begun it, he will finish it. The Holy Spirit's in me. I'm going to make it out. I do not have to be afraid of being buried alive. I do not have to be afraid of being buried alive. So I don't have to have my escape plan. People ever have escape plans? Have you ever had an escape plan? I always have escape plans. It's called plan B and C. Plan A is God's plan, right? There is no other plan except his plan that will work. But sometimes I plan B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. We'll skip J because Jesus is there. L, <laughs> right? Right? And so you can make all kinds of plans of what you think needs to be done, but God's got you, and he's going to bring you through it. So I want the band to come on up, and I'm going to ask the rest of you all to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you some of those questions that I just kind of stated. Maybe you're having some struggles. Maybe you're having some place that God's moving. Of course, Chris has already raised his hands where you saw about job, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you're like, you know, I'm really struggling with my occupation, my job, what's going on, and it feels like God has put me in the grave, and I just feel like I've got to get myself out of it. And you today said, you know what, I've got to turn it over to God and let him take care of it. He's begun a good work, he's going to finish it. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. Okay, Father, you see those hands all around here. Father, I just ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you did not bring them to a place of death. You did not bring them to a place of wilderness. You did not bring them to a place of dryness, meatless place. You did not bring them a place where they're not provided for. You've brought them to a place so that you can bring them into a place of milk and honey. Father, let them see what you're doing. Let them be able to have confidence that what you began in their occupation, in their, their profession, you will finish. And Father, that they will be exactly where you've called them to be in this life on those things. If you're here and you're like, you know what, I'm really struggling with my uh, relationship. I've got a relationships that are really struggling. I'm, I'm, it feels like it's being put in the pit and it's not where it needs to be and stuff. That's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. Okay, I see those hands. I see those hands. Father, I just ask you right now for these relationships that's going on right now, Father, that you would work in these lives and in these relationships and these conflicts and these places of, of being torn apart. Father, I just ask you right now to just speak into those places and bring reconciliation and restoration. Father, just bring those rest, uh, forgiveness and reconciliation to those places right now and they'd be fully restored on your time, Father, because what you've begun will not be left undone, but it will be finished. If you're here and you're like, you know what, my health, I'm really struggling with my health, and it feels like God has brought me to a place of, of destruction in my health. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. See those hands, and see those hands. Father, I just ask you right now, through the power of Jesus Christ, that we know the stripes that was put on his back, and he said it was finished, these diseases and these plagues are finished right now in the name of Jesus. And what you've begun in our bodies, you will finish. And we will finish to the very day that you've called us to finish. We will not lack in the days of our lives. If you're here in finances is really struggling right now, 
And you're like, I need, I need God to finish and open, resurrect my finances. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. See those hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that as their soul prospers, they will prosper. And what you began in their finances, Father, that you will finish in their finances. Father, that you will bring about a quick end to some things. Father, you will bring blessings. You will bring places to pay off debts. You will bring ability for money to come in that's unexpected, Father. Father, you can bless people, and I ask you right now to bring a blessing in their life, Father. That the crack of the stone is being rolled away in their finances right now. If you're here and you're like, I'm really... I'm struggling with depression or brokenheartedness or sadness, and I'm just really struggling with that part of my life right now. And you're saying, you know what, I got that. If you want that, just lift your hand up. Who's got some of that? Okay, I see those hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare anxiety, worry, depression, and those things, Father. Those things, Father, that, that have brought us to a place of a pit, brought us down to the place of a grave, that we feel brokenhearted. We know, Jesus, that you mend the brokenhearted that you bring life to those, that you bring those out of bondage, those that are bound by the things that are in their minds. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare those to be broken right now in Jesus' name. And Father, what you began in their lives, you're going to finish in their lives. And we declare that right now in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.